Do you know what? They've been dreadful. Yeah, they, they've been dreadful. We talk about teams. Try and compare the championship and having a style of play to the premiership. It's chalk and cheese. It's impossible. They look weak physically. They're giving goal. The goals they're giving away, schoolboy stuff. They give away a goal against Arsenal. Was it last week? Um, you wouldn't see it on a Sunday morning. It's dreadful. And I admire managers who have a philosophy and a style of play, mm -hmm. but you've got to adapt. They've nowhere been good enough. It's embarrassing the way things are going from. Yeah, of course, you, there's always a chance you go in a football match, but the stats against this team, it's, it's pretty embarrassing. So the manager and the staff, I've got to change it. Mike has mentioned there about what happens in both boxes. Mm -hmm. That is football. That's, that's what happens in the game. If you can't defend properly, you're in trouble. If you're not scoring enough goals, you're going to head back to the championship. And we see with all the teams near the bottom, Sheffield United, Luton at the moment, if you keep giving up two, three, four goals a game, then what are you expecting? You expect, especially if you haven't got a proper goal scorer. I think, um, I think we've gone too easy on some of the teams near the bottom, considering the positions the managers have played themselves. Company, for example, an outstanding, brilliant centre-half. He must know defensively. His team are all over the place. They've got to do better. About losing players last year, obviously, the recruitment and they probably haven't spent a fortune, but you've got to give yourself a chance of winning football matches. And at the moment, they've been shocking. He's not wrong, is he? Roy Keane's verdict there to Sky Sports. And yet, strangely, in this weird reality in which Burnley have long been down but aren't yet relegated, where expectations have gone from upbeat optimism to worries and doubts to anger and frustration and then apathy. Sunday's 2-0 loss at home to Bournemouth was probably far from the worst performance of the season for Vincent Company's team. Burnley came out strongly, pressing high and hard for the first time in ages, dominating the game, and then, of course, conceded a soft goal. This time, though, the heads didn't go down, to be fair. The players stuck at their task, but in truth, rarely threatened the Cherries' defence. In the end, it was another defeat, a record-breaking 11th at Turf Moor this season. We'll discuss that game and much more on this episode. From the BOL end. Jimmy McElroy to Watson. Go! So, yeah, Roy Keane there, lads. He, he's getting stuck in and saying it how it is. I mean, what did you make of that, Justin? It's not often we get pundits actually getting worked up in any way about Burnley. So, it's quite interesting, that. Mm, he's absolutely spot on, though, isn't he? Everything he says there um, is absolutely 100% on the money, apart from the bit about the money, of course, where he says we haven't spent much, which sort of makes it even worse, doesn't it, in a way, that we spent yeah. all this money and... We we have been absolutely dreadful, and when you when you sort of look back on what's happened this season, it, it's it's almost impossible to believe how how it's all panned out, and it it is a it is an absolute disgrace when you think about it. We've spent all that money, we've we've performed almost almost exactly the same uh, every single game where we've 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 sort of even when we've looked okay, we've still conceded really stupid goals and not given ourselves a chance. Um, 
to be in it. This this game is is exactly the same as that. You know, they came out looked okay, didn't really create that much, but you know, you know, had a lot of the ball, but then really, really soft goals. It's, it's so easy. It, like last week, you know, he said all you have to do against Burnley is wait, and you'll get a chance. And you know, I think that was Bournemouth's game plan in a nutshell. Just just wait. You know, we can't hurt them. Um, but you know, we'll we'll give up an easy goal. It's just so easy, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, Greaves there. I mean, it, it wasn't the worst performance of the season, though, was it? I mean, there was. I mean, I, I was looking at the stats, and I think yeah, here it is. Burnley seventy-five percent possession was their most in a Premier League game to date. I mean, but there wasn't a lot to show for it. Huh? No, and it's a bit like the, um, you know, you can twist stats whichever way you want, can't you? I mean, we always get told nobody runs more than Josh Brown, but I made the point that if you're just running around in circles, then it's wasted energy. It's he hasn't same... even played and you still have No, I know, water. but I'm, just, I'm getting a dig in early, aren't I? I'm getting a dig in early, but but it is, it's like you can look at our passing stats. I think we've got passing accuracy of like 80-odd percent. It's great, but if you're only doing sideways passes, backwards and sideways, then... You know, you can build up these and that we've talked before about, you know, we're driven by metrics rather than by emotion. Um, it wasn't a bad, you know, it wasn't a bad performance in, in, by kind of recent standards. There were a couple of decent individual performances. Josh Cullen looks like he, you know, exactly what we needed, looking for the ball all the time, looking to move it. Vitinho, absolute dog shit in the final third when it matters, but he works his arse off, doesn't he? And he yeah, shows right, yeah. a little bit of Brazilian flair, some really nice touches. But again, you go back to the selection. Last week, he gave a penalty away. This week, with three wingers on the bench, he's playing out wide as a as a winger who then drifts into the Amduni role, who's then had the tenacity to have two shots during that first half. You know, I like Vitini off his effort, and I think if... Some of the other players showed half as much kahunas as Vitinho does. We wouldn't be in the bottom three. And I think that's the that's the thing for me. That you know, we're not good enough. We're not good enough in any position to be in the Premier League. Roy Keane is absolutely spot on. And he's right when he says, you know, we've we've gone easy on him. We have, you know, it's his fairy tale. You know, that's all it is. And what we're watching is we're watching a, an experiment go badly wrong in this season, in this division. I mean, I keep coming back to the fact that that Laws Coyle team got 30 points. If we get two-thirds of that, we'll be bloody lucky. You know, and if we weren't down mm. before today, I tell you now, anybody who still thinks we're up needs their head checking because if we weren't down before today, we certainly are now. If you can't beat Bournemouth at home, you don't deserve to be in this division, do we? No, you know, I mean, it's a fair point about Vitinho, about his work rate, although it sort of makes me think back to the really dark days when, you know, we were so bad that we'd say, like, Phil Melly, he put plenty of effort in, you know, <laughs> he ran around a lot. I'm not I'm not comparing Vitinho to Phil Melly, but, but it, it, that, that same selection, Woody, I mean, every Saturday and, and this time Sunday, you sort of sit there and think, what, what's he going to do? And, and, you were saying he, he sort of he, he ensures that you impossible to predict what formation or, or team selection is going to go with. It's brilliant in a way, <laughs> you know. It's like we haven't guessed one right all season, and it always feels like a, a, a pissed up pub version from night before. 
everybody's there at two o'clock at morning. I'll tell you, I'd play up front. I played just to hold it better, just <laughs> off the corner. And if you bung for Fino, Bettino out wide, he can play across and make. And he'll, look, he'll look busy, look lad. He'll look busy, but it doesn't make a blind bit of difference. You know what necessarily happens. And the only thing that probably hasn't happened from a, a fan perspective is Murich for Trafford. But it's it doesn't matter who you put where or you know we just got in each other's way today. If anything, I think the best example was and Vettino popped up there in the six yard box and took it right off Fafana's head. And he's like, for fuck's sake! And it's like, yeah, you know, fantastic effort, lads. We've had all that possession and look and look what you could have had. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not quite well, sure what that, that bit in the middle we all like by going weird was, but if you were describing company's approach to the game, so it probably quite fitted. Exactly. Chris, Chris I mean, what, what did you make of it when you saw that team lineup? I mean, we, we were scratching our heads. Where, where, is he playing three centre halves yeah. and moving Charlie? It's baffling, isn't it? Like I say, you know, is he going to play? Yeah, is he going to play uh, Asignon? On one, is he going to play Vitinho on one? Is he going to play Taylor as part of a, a central three? And then he plays Vitinho as a wide player ahead of three out and out wingers on the bench. Brun Larson starts out a fresh air with no sort of like, you know, he's, he's done well in this cameo here. He deserves a start in the next game, sort of scenario. And, uh, well, he said, I mean, Brun Larson done all right, but uh, it, it just, it's just the same. Shit, another day, isn't it? It's a, you know, play well for 20, 25 minutes. Uh, Odebert should score. You know, really good, uh, really good move early on. And then you gift them a goal. It's just a straight ball over the top. O'Shea's goal side. And somehow he lets the, you know, the young Clivert, who's about a percent of a, you know, as good as his father, uh, scores it, scores it, you know, it takes it really well. And, you know, you just, from from like the crowd believing, you know, getting behind the team to thinking, yeah, we're gonna have a really good go here today. Tempo's good. There's urgency. Cullen's dictating things. To here we go again, and it just it just kills it, kills it. Stone dead. Trafford then gifts Bournemouth the ball on the edge of the area and gets away with one. He then puts ball out mm-hmm. of play, and all of a sudden the crowds completely switch the other way. And you get you get what you get. Don't you? It's just a, it's just a mess. Against it must be said, you know. Say Bournemouth came into the Premier League. They've obviously had a relegation in between. Came into the Premier League in 2015. I think that's the most piss poor Bournemouth team I've seen in the Premier League. It's mm, just yeah. nothing, nothing to them. And again, like our friend Mister Wilson, just just wait because Burnley will make a rick. Mm. Yeah, they were nothing like Eddie Howe's Bournemouth teams, were they? You know, they used to they used to zip it around and and play some nice football. So, yeah, it's not only Sean Dyche nostalgia you get on this; you get a bit of Eddie Howe Bournemouth nostalgia. <laughs> but, but in 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 terms of like that fan reaction you were saying, I'm interested. I'm sure Woody is as well because we're watching on TV, and and you don't, you know, it depends where the mics are in the stadium, doesn't it? You don't pick up the, the atmosphere like you lads in the ground do. But it it felt like. And, and the commentators mm. picked up on it that the crowd had turned on Trafford a little bit and were sort of, was there some ironic sort of cheers and like, ooh, yeah, yeah. What, what was going on there with that? And then the other yeah. thing about the crowd, the other thing about the crowd was 
Greaves, it seemed like the reaction to Benson coming on seemed to be a bit of a kind of making a point to the manager. I mean, those two things, the Trafford stuff and the, and yeah. the Benson. Yeah, I mean, they were chanting for Benson in the first half. You know, we were, the Manuel Benson song that they, uh, that was wheeled out at Palace came in the first half and then little Benny had kind of got down to just his shorts and his training top rather than his big jacket and he was warming up for about 15 minutes before he finally got the call, which was probably about 15 minutes too late. Um, yeah, on Trafford, it was a weird one because, you know, not only the fans, there were two moments in the first half Around about the same time, we had a free kick on the edge of the area. It was just before Brun Larson's free kick. Brun Larson made a point. He had the ball in the hand, in his hand, and he's walking back towards Trafford on the halfway line, basically saying, "You've got to get it out quicker. Stop faffing about. Get it out quicker." And then after the the free kick had gone dead, after the ball had gone dead, um, Sander Berg was also shouting at Trafford as if to say, "You've got to get this ball out quicker. You're slowing everything down." We had Brun Larson and Odebar waving their hands in frustration at times when he was too slow getting the ball out from, from you know, ball at his feet. He does that thing where he puts his foot on the ball. And then second half, he, he kind of put O'Shea under a bit of pressure and O'Shea again just turned to him. O'Shea ended up putting it out of play off a Bournemouth player for a Burnley throw. And again, O'Shea turns and just points as if to say, what the hell are you giving me that ball for under pressure? Just, you know, use your noggin, get it upfield kind of thing. So, yeah, I think some Burnley fans did turn. I would say when he arrived at the Jimmy Max stand for the second half, he did get, you know, he got a, he got the usual standing ovation that goalkeepers tend to get when they're going into their nets and things. But he just looks absolutely shot of confidence. He just looks, you know, we, we were told he's a really confident, cocky chap. You know, apparently told Cole Palmer that he was going to, England were going to concede a penalty and he was going to save that penalty in the Euros final. None of that confidence is left in him. He looks like a, you know, partially deflated balloon at the minute. He's just, he's got nothing about him. Um, no presence, no, you know, there's no vocals. You know, he looks, I said today to, uh, to my mate who I was on with, I said, he looks surprised that they're giving him the ball. He's facing play and he can see the ball coming back to him. And he looks like he's not ready to receive the ball. Yet it's the ball we play most often. You know, you all watch the ball. <laughs> yeah. Three passes yeah. forward, Trafford's going to get it in a second. He looks surprised it's coming to him. You know, yeah. and he's not just getting at him for getting at him's sake. I, I, you know, we've said it a few times. It almost feels like some kind of cruel joke on the lad now that he's so yeah. devoid of confidence. Players are turning on him. You know, I counted three or four players frustrated with the 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 kind of the slowness of his distribution. Um, I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about Benny, but um, yeah, there was a lot of you know, and, and again because he came on for Vitinho, it almost felt a little bit unfair on Vitinho because there was a huge cheer when it was announced that you know Benny was coming on, Vitinho was going off, and I don't you know I don't think. I don't think Vitinho's performance almost deserved the ironic cheers, really. Although, you know, clearly the ironic cheers were for the fact that we'd, you know, we'd suddenly managed to find Manuel Benson somewhere and we thought he was worthy of, uh, you know, slightly longer than he usually gets. But yeah, a bit of a weird atmosphere because the start meant, you know, it did get us off his feet a couple of times. But I don't know, it just, everything just feels flat and apathy, I think is the word we've used a few times. It just, just felt a bit like that today, to be honest. 
Mm. Yeah, it was it was noticeable on the on the American broadcast, the World Feed, that had uh, Jim Beglin uh, as as the analyst, that they picked up on the crowd with Trafford, and they had quite a lot of chat about it, didn't they, Woody? Like where they were talking about Trafford slowing the game down and and that kind of stuff. But uh, weirdly, weirdly, totally as an aside, um, NBC decided to put Burnley versus Bournemouth on national television on on the USA channel. Um, I think they're trying to get people to pay for their subscription service. Put the Manchester Derby on a streaming service, Peacock. Bit I don't know what your casual American sports fan would, would have thought if they switched on the telly on the, <laughs> 8 o'clock in the morning. But um, Woody, I mean, we're starting to hear the commentators. We've seen, we're Roy Keane there, and interestingly, having a little bit of a pop at company by, you know, saying that, you know, he was a proper defender, he should know what's involved and so on. On the, on the world feed, they're still talking about his goal against Leicester City for Man City and, uh, <laughs> and what a great player he was, and there's all this yeah. respect and deference to him. But, you know, we're starting to hear proper criticism now, aren't we? I mean, the... the there's no, there's no more sort of plucky little Burnley sticking to their plan. It seems like people have, have realised how bad we really are. Well, by the time you get to March and you've got 13 points, you sound a bit <laughs> stupid saying you've taken the championship apart, <laughs> don't you? You know, and it's surprising it's taken them this long to actually work that bit out. I suppose it's because it was at eight o'clock on a on a Sunday morning and the early kickoff. But um. Yeah, that to me that also feels tired in terms of that's what I'd, ex- I'd expect them to start giving us some shit about you know not adapting etc. And uh, we haven't. No, I mean Justin, Burnley mm. fans tended not to pick on young players, haven't they? I mean there is something mm. a little bit uncomfortable about this Trafford situation yeah. for me. I mean I, I, it's a question of where the blame lies for it. Really, I'm not blaming the fans who, who've had to put up with it all season, but yeah. It's not. I can't think of many times where a young, you know, a twenty-one-year-old player is getting mocked by by the crowd. But it's well, historically, of course, if if a if if a player had had such a hard time of it, he would have been taken out of the firing line, wouldn't he? Um, under normal circumstances, that that's what what would have happened. I have to be honest. I I, I really I don't think James Trafford is the problem. Um, just as much as I don't think Manuel Benson is the answer to to the problem, um, I, 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 re- I really sort of feel that the overall picture is is very much as um, as as Roy Keane described it. We just haven't been good enough. Uh, I'm getting a bit sick and tired of, of of hearing these these commentators and pundits say that we just uh, that you know it shows what the massive gulf between the Championship and the Premier League is and. We've just failed to adapt. I mean, that's just bullshit, isn't it? That's not what what's happened. What's happened is we've totally rebuilt the side with a team of very, very young, inexperienced players who haven't who haven't stepped up to the mark. I think I think the management and the and the owners thought that we would improve much more than we have done and got more points on the board by now, but that just hasn't happened. And I. I it's difficult to put your finger on 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 why they've taken the approach that they've taken because at the end of the day like i think i think woody said it better uh, than i can say in in an episode um in you know past where he said if it was easy if it was that easy that you could sort of fill aside with you know 
15 million pound teenagers, everybody would be doing it. Yeah. You know, and it, it, it obviously isn't. At the end of the day, like Roy Keane says, we've just been, we've just not been good enough. We've been too easy to play against. We've been too, e- we've conceded goals too easily and we've been toothless up front. If, if you can't score goals and you concede in two or three a game, what, what do you expect to happen? You know, yeah. like, like I said, I don't think I, I think I think the focus on Trafford is um, probably a little bit misguided, I, I, and I think you said it, Simon. Uh, you know, Muric gets better with every game he doesn't play, um, I, 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 and I think I think I think Trafford suffers some the the kind of deficiencies that you see a lot in Premier League goalkeepers because of the way teams play out of the back. Mm. A lot of it is about that, and I'm not sure about this putting his foot on the ball and slowing the game down. I mean, I, I, I mean, Andrew Greavesy says says you know the, the players are having a go at him for doing it, but he does it so much. It's got to be a it's got to be the plan, hasn't it? He's got he must be told to do that. Otherwise, why is he doing it? You know, that's the that's the question. But I, like I said, I, the focus on him is is obvious obviously. You know, because because of the mistakes that he occasionally makes, but overall, he's 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 only part of the problem, isn't he? Yeah, it is becoming a thing now, though. I mean, I noticed Paddy Power on on Twitter put out a post uh, just now saying Burnley playing it out from the back with a keeper who can't play out from the back is a bold strategy. Yeah, it's a cheap <laughs> it's a cheap shot, but. Everybody does. People are onto it, aren't they now? And it's it's becoming. And it, I, I do feel sorry for him. I have to say, you know, mm. because I think his confidence is is obviously like Greasy was saying, shot. Um, and it's just going to get worse with this. When you know you've got betting companies uh, mocking him online, you've got you know other pundits starting to comment about it and so on. I mean, it, it can't be easy for him. And I really don't understand why he's still in the side. You know, but. I mean, I did. I did wonder, you know, when when you're saying about Manuel Benson's warm up, sort of getting the crowd reaction and so on. If 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 Muric had gone rogue and just started running up and down in front of the Bob Lord stand, <laughs> what what the reaction would have been? I don't but, even think Muric bothered bringing his gloves out. I mean, Muric literally was sat there really? in his bench jacket. On he the, knows, he, doesn't he? Yeah, he didn't even get yeah. up. I mean, goalkeepers very rarely get up and warm up, but yeah. I, 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 it wouldn't have surprised me if he had his sliders on. And yeah. he was just, you know, starting the matter how hard he trains. Don't matter how hard he trains. Don't matter how many mistakes Trafford makes. There's no, let's say, it's a word I've used a few times this season. There is no jeopardy in his performances. And it's just no jeopardy in it. You know, it's just, he's been, he's, he, we, we've given him a season of development football and we've ignored the results in the process. And it's, yeah, that's it's just. And it's like, I don't know. I mean, I'm watching him today, and he's, I don't know if people remember Edison in the first game of the season. And there were periods where Edison's literally got the ball at his feet for seconds at a time because he's almost daring Burnley to press him. Then, if, if we do, we're a man short and he, he'll pass through us and we'll, you know, City will mm. kill us. And he, but he was, he's, he's, he hasn't got the ability to do that like an Edison. And it, if there's a if there's an opportunity to punch a ball into Taylor or or a burger, he's not taking that either. He's he's seeing an option and thinking, oh, I'll have a look, see if there's another better option. And then everything's closed up in that time, and then he goes long, and then we lose it again anyway because we've got no physical prowess at the other end of the park. So 
I think it's, it's I think the way he strikes the ball as well. Like all these mm. all these long passes and, and neither here nor there. It's like he floats it and it's kind of I don't know, the the kind of he doesn't strike a ball well enough. And again, I'm not you know, he's a young lad, he's been put in this position. I agree with Justin, he's not the only problem. You know, we've got far worse problems. I mean, the the fact that you know we've conceded the amount of goals we've conceded, and he he's probably to blame for you know, four or five, if that directly. Yeah. When other, when other yeah. players of, you know, E-Steve and bloody Darrow Shea somehow managed to allow Cliver, as as Board said, just to wander through, even though they're both goal side at, at one point and suddenly they're behind him. Um, but I, I think everything about it, I watched his distribution today and he's, he's not got the accuracy, right? So that to me says we're playing a system that doesn't play to his strengths. He's a good shot stopper. I thought the save he made second half. You'd expect him to make it, but, you know, he's made it. It's a good stop. But it's the way he strikes a ball. You know, it's neither one thing or another. It, it's neither kind of, you know, that pinpoint accuracy that we got from Murich for a player to run onto. And it's not the kind of, you know, at a comfortable height for a player to take down and move on. And there were a couple of times when he when he pumped balls forward. He's just, he's pumping them into no man's land. And he's got no direction on them. He's got no real quality on the ball in terms of the strike on the ball. And it's just so easy for defenders and midfielders just to pick off. And and that's the issue. It's kind of, if we are developing him, we need to work on those parts of his games. Like Billy Mercer did with, with you know, Port. We know Port wasn't great with his feet. But I think Billy Mercer, actually, to give him his due, turned out some, you know, turned Tom Eaton into a bloody good goalkeeper got his distribution going, turned Popey into a bloody good goalkeeper, got his distribution better, played to Pope's obvious strengths. And I, I do think it's one of those, I, I, his development this year will have gone backwards because we've continued to put him into situations which aren't helping him. I'd have been tempted to send him out to a championship club with the option of recalling him in January if Murich... You know, let's say we were still in the same position we were at Christmas and it were Murich and we were going, bloody hell, this guy is, you know, he's not doing well. But actually Trafford's now at a championship club, which are top eight, top ten, performing well. Right, then you bring him back in to kind of cause a bit of jeopardy. But we've we've gone with him. Let's not forget, we hooked Murich twice at half-time last year or once at half-time and once in second half of a game. So we're not we're not kind of immune to hooking goalkeepers when we don't think they're doing what we want them to do, as as company would say, or they're not performing well. And but it's just to me, his development is there's no development apart from his shot stopping, which I'd argue there's very little you can work on with shot stopping. It's instinctive, it's natural. The other stuff, the distribution, what the hell is he doing down at Gawthorpe all week? Well, you know? I wonder, but I do wonder if part of the problem. With with how people are reacting to Trafford, is is influenced by the way he was sold to the fans when he arrived, whether by the media or the club or whoever it was. I can't really remember where it came from. I mean, let's face it, we didn't all watch every minute of England's uh, you know under twenty one campaign. We saw him saving the penalty and said, "Oh, we signed a cracker there." But there was a lot of talk about how he's a modern keeper and he's good with his feet, unless I'm imagining things. That's how people were talking about. Oh, well, he's gone for this young keeper. He's good with That's the way we play. We play it out from the back, so we brought in a keeper like that. And he clearly isn't that. 
that's, that's, the, that's the way Bolton play. That's the way Everett plays, isn't it? I see. I didn't. I haven't seen him in. I didn't see him in a Bolton shirt either. But that's Ian Everett's philosophy. I know he's he's a bit chocolate, Everett. I think he uh, <laughs> loves himself a bit too much for my liking. But uh, he uh, <laughs> that's certainly certainly he, he wants to play the ball on the day. Ian Everett. Yeah, not for me. <laughs> but I think Dan Barnes said, didn't he, when we got Barnsley on the news, he said, you know, he, he got better and, you know, the one weakness was his command of the box. You know, the one weakness mm. was him, him not being as good kind of coming for crosses, but his distribution was all right. His shot stopping was good. But it is, I know it's kind of, like I say, I go back to that, you know, he's this big confident keeper. He knew he was going to concede a penalty. He knew he was going to save it. Nothing phases him. I mean, he looks, when he comes back out for the second half and we're playing at the Jimmy Mack end and he has to do the long walk from the tunnel between the, the cricket field and the James Hargreaves, it looks a lonely old walk, you know. And I never see, and, and this is, you know, this is not me kind of having a go at anyone, but, at the end of a game, you don't see Murich coming out. You know, you often see that kind of goalkeeper's union, don't you? The goalkeeper comes out and they're, they're kind of arm around the shoulder if it's, you know, not gone well or whatever. You don't really see that kind of camaraderie between Murich and Trafford or even the goalkeeping coach. You know, you don't see that kind of... You see Billy Mercer all the time making a beeline mm-hmm. for the goalkeeper, almost having a bit of a debrief while it's still fresh in your mind. And I know it's easy when you're winning to do all that, but I don't know. It just everything seems really disjointed, just very kind of <laughs> in bits. But there was a plan for there was a plan for Pope that he came in not only under Tom Heaton, he came in under Paul Robinson as well, if if you remember right. And he knew mm. he was going to play under twenty three football. You know, I saw him a few times in the twenty threes, and obviously I think Robbo retired at the end of that season. Popey becomes number two. Tom dislocates his shoulder. All of a sudden, Popey's deemed, you know, he's, he's thrown in at the deep end and he he, he swims. Doesn't, you know. And then you Bailey Peacock Farrell who comes in again with a plan to develop under Pope. And I, 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 know, I know Billy Mercer. That when I, I was talking to him last year, last summer, it's, well, summer before now, 2022, and he thought Peacock Farrell was as good with his feet as Murich. Now, mm. we, you know, we, we've, so we've had Murich, who's the championship goalkeeper of the season. Mm. You've Peacock Farrell, who's Northern Ireland's number one, you know, is he, the their hero on many an occasion, you know. And we've found him out. We've signed League Two's goalkeeper of the season, who by all intents and purposes is, is another sort of Murich light, if you will. He's, you know, very good in, in his distribution, Vigoru. From what I've saw, you know, you know what I've saw saw of him. See, it, it, it was just an unnecessary signing, and I think you know the, the whole thing. It was it was Murich's place to lose, and all of a sudden he's been ousted for no fault of his own, and and we've got a lad who hasn't performed at the levels that you know at a different level that we saw from Murich last season when he won everyone over after a sticky start. Greavesy was saying, um, no, sorry, Justin was saying that uh, Trafford isn't the reason why we've been so bad this season. And mm. Manuel Benson, he also said Manuel Benson isn't the answer. Um, we didn't, you know, it's probably a little bit harsh to judge him off that that appearance. But to me, that was kind of what um, I, I would have expected from Manuel Benson in the Premier League, that he gets the ball on the wing and he starts to cut into 
try and do what he did in the championship and he doesn't get the space. They don't back off. They don't let him curl it into the far corner. <laughs> but what were, what were people's impressions of uh, Woody Benson's bit more than a cameo, wasn't it? But what did you make of it? Yeah. For me, for me today was almost as championship-esque as any game that we've seen in terms of we basically camped in their final third. We had, obviously, a lot of possession, etc., and we were making all the running. And so for, like, Benson to come on in that last 15 was similar in a way when we, like, 1-0 down. Last year, we would have turned that around. He'd have, have at least bagged one. But to your point, Simon, this idea that people just stand off him and let him do whatever he damn well pleases doesn't even happen against a really poor Bournemouth side, you know? So, yeah. I'd... I'd, I'd it, again, yes, of course, he's not, he's not the answer. But I also don't want to see him become yet another problem for everybody else. So, I mean, give him a, give him a trot, don't give him a trot, whatever. It's not going to make much of a difference. It'll only, like, <laughs> silence some doubters or whatever the devil they want to do with him. Yeah, I mean, the other, the other thing we'd said a while back about after his first couple of games, we sort of half-jokingly said about uh, Fofana that, Give him two or three games, and he'll be uh, he'll be as bad as the rest of them. It, that <laughs> felt like that was the Fofana becoming as bad as the rest of them game. Really, I mean, Chris, I wasn't particularly impressed with Fofana today. I mean, people, I've seen some people online saying he didn't get much service. Well, we had a lot of the ball. If mm. he's not getting service, yeah. he's he part of the reason for that. Yeah, he spent a. It, again, you're going going back to a, 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 another player. I, th- I thought, you know, he's. In the championship, J- uh, Jukes Lukas Jukovic was a he was a good champ. He still is. He was a good championship centre forward, but he spent too much time running the channels and not where you know in the centre where he was effective. He was good in the air, and uh, we saw that he worked his nuts off for Burnley, but it was never in the right areas. And for Fana today, it was like it was basically in the channel. I think there was a break on at one stage, second half, and. He's peeled that far to the right. There was nowhere for Asignon to go. Asignon ends up driving up the middle with it instead and just ignored Fafana, who's then out of the picture altogether. He just, yeah, a lot of his work was done. Well, I mean, his, his, his touch, his control wasn't great either today at times. But uh, it's, yeah, it's just one of those. He's, he, he, you know, like I say a lot of time he's having to feel, you know, see these, these clearances from Trafford. He's not. Exceptional, uh, exceptional, exceptional with his back to goal, etc. And uh, but if I'd, I'd, I'd like to think if he'd had that opportunity that Oldebert had in the first few minutes, he'd have taken that. To be honest, yeah. I mean, Justin, those signings who came in in January, Asignon and uh, E. Steve as well. <coughs> they, mm. they, they, they'd made a good impression. Um, is that just a sign of a team that's struggling? That players who come in and look decent don't look that good or yeah i think i think it's all i think all these things we're talking about you know trafford or uh, you know uh, the 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 expectation we had that Fofana was going to score 10 15 goals in the in the running and we were going to you know all that stuff is just a reaction to the fact that we've just been so awful this season and any any sort of chink of light that we see in the interminable darkness is is kind of you know, we 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 latch upon it and go, yeah, this is it. This is where we're going to turn the season around. This is how it's going to start. We're going to do this and we're going to do that. 
it's all it's all nonsense, isn't it? The expectation that we have on these players is unrealistic. Um, but I, I thought Fafana was particularly awful today. I thought his his touch, his his positioning, is it was you know he was very ineffective. Like you say, um, you know, for for a side that had so much possession, for a side that had, um, you know a lot of the ball in the in the opposition's half for him for him not to have had an influence on the game just shows you what why he's not playing for Chelsea doesn't it really <laughs> do you know what i mean um so yeah i think it, i think you're right i think it is one of those we just latch onto things and 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 we lift our expectations of these of these um tiny sort of wins that we get here and there but at the end of the day the whole picture is 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 so is so poor at the moment that it would be it would be impo- it would be an impossible task for any any anybody to come into this team and make a massive impact. I think. Yeah, it's a Sunday yeah. game again next week at, at West Ham. Um, Saturday off. I must admit, I quite enjoyed having a Saturday without a Burnley defeat to sort of uh, you know ruin yeah. the ruin the vibe of the first day off of the week uh, did anyone watch any football or or do anything interesting or discover any new <laughs> ipa beers or anything like that <laughs> i well, think between was a couple of matches Clitheroe, wasn't uh, yeah. He, well yeah he was actually yeah um yeah, i flicked, I flicked Albion, around a few games flicked around a few games and there were some decent there were a few late goals to add a bit of drama West Ham at Everton, obviously Liverpool, and um, we had the you know the the Forest chairman doing his usual bullshit, standing on the uh, the touch line, looking menacing, and then of course Forest sent out Mark Clattenburg, who's now their mm-hmm. referee consultant to do interviews, and then of course if you'd listen to Clattenburg on Five Live, you then wonder why the fuck he's putting a Scottish accent on because he's now the referee on Gladiators and he's not. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest, Simon. My 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 Saturday all went to to cock because Burnley weren't playing. I was watching. I was listening to Clattenburg with his normal accent, and then I was watching him do his cod John Anderson impression on the shittest reboot on TV, Gladiators. I mean, tell my lad Bradley, that. Bradley Walsh gets places as water doesn't. It is just obscene how some of these people keep getting jobs. He's the Alan Kirbysley of. Daytime TV and nighttime TV. That's all I've got to say. I didn't discover any new beers, didn't have fun, had to do housework for a bit, got out of housework by putting a three o'clock game on on a dodgy fire stick. That actually End does up. sound that actually does sound worse than watching Burnley, doesn't it? it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh dear. Well, we'll do it all again next week anyway, regardless. <laughs> Thanks very much for joining us. Everybody have a good week and uh, we'll be back on Friday with the next edition of this podcast. Please do leave us a rating and all the rest of it and do check out our T-shirt shop. 99% Misery is the one that's capturing the attention at the moment for some reason. Have a look at it and uh, the other T-shirts that are there and available, top quality gear for you, all designed by Justin. So have a good one and uh, up the clarets. Thank you.